0: Well, welcome back to the Equipoise Podcast. Today we're going to be doing a double header. I just had so much stuff to cover, I decided just to split it into two episodes. It's kind of a sneaky way to be faithful to my commitment to 10 minutes or less per week. I'll just release two episodes of 10 minutes each. And if you want to break it apart, go for it. Uh, I mean, you don't have to listen to it at all, but I'm thankful that you do. All right. Um, We're going to be talking about Has the Church Failed? Has the church failed? When I say the church, I'm speaking institutionally because that's how this claim is often stated. The church has failed. So let's let's chat about this. I've run into this concept no less than three times this week alone. The premise is as follows. The church has failed. The church has failed to rise to the expectations of the church according to the Bible. There's no red-hot Holy Spirit preaching. There's no Holy Spirit healing. Everyone's just teaching man-made doctrines. Um... Therefore, the answer is, you know, leaving the church as a now-corrupted institution that teaches man's doctrines and, you know, uh, it leaves out too much of God's doctrines. Uh, And instead, we should form local networking groups or have church as a family at home or even just watch a good church online. First, I sympathize with this, and I'll answer the question right up front. Has the church failed? Yes, in several senses. Um... I said in several senses, don't write me off. (laughs) Just like Abraham and Moses and David before them, today's Christians have shown that they too are human and still possess the ability to really mess up. The church at large in the West has indeed failed in several senses. We've failed to be the light we should have been. By that, I don't mean we should have been louder about homosexuality and bars, but rather we should have been showing the loving kindness and truth of Jesus Christ in our daily lives. We failed in not taking evangelizing seriously, whether because we've leaned into an outlandish abdication of duty due to a skewed view of sovereignty and election, or because we've just been too distracted by the amenities and comforts of this world. We failed in taking worship seriously. We failed in taking giving seriously. Uh, That whole all things common in in Acts was a real thing, you know. (laughs) We failed in taking preaching seriously. Um, By that, I don't mean we failed to have everybody yell and turn red, but we'll get there. Um, We failed in taking community seriously. We failed in taking church discipline seriously. I mean, I could go on and on about all the things that the church fails at as a whole. Sure, I mean... We've indeed failed. But what do we do in response to this reality? Do we leave churches, period? Or just keep on hopping churches, or excuse me, hopping from church to church in hopes that we find a good one? Do we split the church, Um, attempting to create a new one with the, uh, you know, group that is discontented with the current pastor or status quo? Do we try to form some sort of new thing? Uh, some hybridized amalgamation that's kind of like a church, but not quite. What do we do? Well, in the interest of balance, I want to spend this episode fairly representing this viewpoint. I don't just want to set up a caricature of that point of view and then knock it down. Right? That's not fair. Uh, so let's take a look at the complaints that are common to this viewpoint. And then in our next episode, we'll examine them to see how they hold up against you know scripture and logic. All right, the first complaint has to do with the pastor's preaching. To them, churches today have failed in that they do not have pastors who are, quote, on fire for God or, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit or, quote, uh, or excuse me, preaching with, quote, conviction or, quote, passion. One suggested that the preacher ought to be preaching as though it were their last time to preach. Uh, that's a familiar carryover from um, pastor schools of the you know, 70s and 80s and things like that. Um, so this appears to be a complaint with regards to the delivery of the content, right? Uh, on a personal note, I couldn't help but notice that one of the people who stated this concern also asked where in my state we could find someone who actually preached this way. She'd go there in a heartbeat the humbling thing was that she used to attend my church along with her husband, and she asked this question on a Facebook thread underneath one of my own posts. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I, I guess I don't make the cut, right? I'm not fiery enough, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I thought I was fiery. I don't, I don't know. But not enough. Not enough to meet the standard, you see, of being on fire for God or filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in part two. Uh, but in all seriousness this is a concern that you'll see continually appearing with those who hold this view uh, or hold this view rather that the church has failed the pastor just isn't on fire enough another complaint has to do with the content itself not just the delivery the complaint here is that the church has failed, and that pastors not only preach in a style that's not red hot, but also that they preach messages with feel good content designed to tickle itching ears, leaving people content to proceed throughout the week with no continued relationship with God, no conviction over sin, and so on. There's also concern over unscriptural theology, uh, but the further I probe, the more I discovered that this has to do with, you know, finer points of theology, nitpicky stuff that you're going to find in any church, you see. So, anyways. Um, This goes hand in hand with the concern that churches today have failed because of a concern with no repentance and a softness towards sin and accommodating carnality in the church at large. Well there's a very large and vibrant call for a John the Baptist-style ministry, right? Take no prisoners. Leave no one alive, so to speak. And if the pastor doesn't lift up his voice like a trumpet and preach against sin and preach against it hard, every time we meet, he's weak and watered down. Okay, well, I get that. You know, I think. I I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's coming later. But I can say I at least least sympathize with it, right? And I think that that's kind of a knee-jerk reaction to seeing some of the more weak and watered-down approaches. But anyhow, we'll cover that here. Yeah, next next episode another very significant part of this belief that the church has failed is the is is the notion that the church is filled with man-made dogma or man-made rules i say it's very significant because this comes up every time i have this discussion with people you know or they say it's feeding people lies or restricting the real truth and restricting god's revelation to man so this would be a complaint that the church at large has allowed man's doctrine to override the truth of scripture as with the complaints on the content itself that i mentioned I've yet to really receive any specific examples of what this looks like beyond, you know, minor nitpicky things. And by minor nitpicky things, we're talking differences in, you know, the specifics of the Trinity and the hypostatic union, um, whether or not we celebrate Christmas. I mean, I'm serious. You know, well, you're you're joined with the harlot Babylon and that just comes, you know, you can check out our episode about Easter, you know, if we're talking about that. Anyway. Also, the COVID-19 scenario had brought about another dimension. Churches who closed out of caution or wore masks in compliance with medical advice were said to not be trusting God for healing or protection, but were instead simply complying with the state out of fear and out of submission to a virus or the government. And we'll we'll talk about whether or not that objection is valid in our next episode. Another complaint common to this camp is the leadership of the church. There's a the general hesitation or even apprehension about leadership of any kind in some variants of this view, of, except, of course, for the per. Person's preferred pastor or teacher online or on the TV, you know that 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 teacher's got it all together. But in a local church setting, well, the pastor just you know he's got a lot of problems and he's a control freak. I've heard it said that churches should not have simply the pastor teachers preach and teach, but rather give everyone an opportunity to preach and teach. Uh, and since not everyone has an opportunity it's actually a corrupt monopoly and an unjust consolidation of power uh, you know put in forth by power hungry pastors and teachers following man made dogma do you see do you see the thread though and i'm not i'm really not trying to ridicule this position i think that there's actually some valid points worth considering here um, I, I think there are valid points to just about everything Okay, so their solution, then, is to come apart from this thing called the church and seek other options. Small networking groups, uh, staying at home and having devotion as a family or attending online church, anything but going to the corrupt, weak, fearful institution known as the church. Okay, so I feel like I've fairly represented that side of things. And again, I do sympathize. Sometimes I see churches and feel some similar feelings. Not a lot of doctrine being preached. Not a lot of preaching the whole counsel of God. People just kind of preaching their hobby horses you know, or being comedians. Um, I get it, right? I sympathize with that. And it's frustrating and a little bit depressing when I think of how many churches across America are meeting in this way. No regard for good fellowship. No Christ-like love and grace. No sound biblical preaching. It's, it's enough to really well, make somebody anywhere between sad and, you know, nihilistic, right? But let's be very careful not to be like the prophet Elijah and say, oh man, I'm the only one out there doing it right. Uh, Our church is the only one who's got it right. Everybody else got it wrong. No, that's not a good attitude either. And we're going to cover that attitude as well in the next episode. Because I am convinced that there are several problems with the view that I've described in this episode. And I'm going to cover them in our next episode, which I'll release concurrently with this one. So stay tuned for part two. And until next time, stay balanced.